Hi, this is Alyssa Gunderson recording my multimodal course reflection for literacy and technology. Um, I'm going to work through the questions that were asked. There are three different questions and my answers to these questions. So the first question was, what were my initial thoughts about the topics learned in this course? Um, I think I was open to technology and open to learning more. But I, when I really took the time to think about my biases, I realized that um, I was pretty skeptical about the necessity of bringing technology into the classroom setting at the school where I work, Peachtown Elementary School. We're a tiny, progressive, um, independent school, and we've always prided ourselves on teaching in a very analog and hands-on way. So while I always saw the value of like word processing, online research, typing instruction, and things like that, our school intentionally only owned six laptops for a student body of 22 kids. And um, we would use our lack of technology as a talking point. The idea was kind of, I think, in a world full of technology at home, we offer a very hands-on educational environment. So I came in with that perspective. Um, and in my home life, I have to say that we've severely limited screen time for all of our three kids. We've got a son who's 13, a son who's nine, and a daughter who's five. Um, we intentionally live without a TV. We pause our internet for a lot of the time to keep our kids off of computers. And I think this is mostly because we value the time that they spend reading books, being outside, playing with friends, and we know how easily they've gravitated toward technology when they've been given access to it. So I think what we worried about was these like addiction patterns that you can see when kids are um, really sucked into video games, for example. And I also don't always like the behavior that I see when my kids get off a device. And I realize that that's specific to what they're doing, um, but that's the impression that I had in the perspective I came in with. So I signed up for this class because I understood from looking around that technology was a growing part of public education, and I wanted to better understand how and why public schools were using it. I wanted to know, was it, did I feel like it was a justified use of technology? Did I feel like every kid should have a tablet or a computer in their hands? Should we at Peachtown be incorporating more of it? Was I missing something? And then I also sort of wondered if I knew more about how technology was being used in public schools, would it help me to better discuss why at Peachtown we were choosing not to use it? So I kind of came in as a skeptic <laughs> in that way. Um, however, the pandemic hit this spring and along with everybody else, we were forced into online instruction in March. Um, it became clear over time that the methods that you use in a classroom to engage kids in person don't necessarily translate well online. It's not enough just to teach the way we've always taught and expect kids to feel engaged and interested in the material. And that was a lesson I think I could only have learned through experience. Um, so I knew there had to be a better way, and I started to get really curious about what I might learn and how it might help. Um, our instruction and our you know our plans because we're not we're not got we we do attempt to adhere to state standards as sort of a reference guide for where kids should be but we are not bound to them we do not do standardized testing or testing of any kind so we're really able to be flexible and responsive 
which is an exciting place to be, but it's also overwhelming when you're faced with this huge challenge of reinventing, you know, how we teach kids. So it would have been really, really, really easy for me to drop this class with all that was going on. I've got kids at home without any care, except for myself. My husband's been away at work this whole time. I've got my own full-time job, which is incredibly demanding right now because there's so much to figure out and do differently. Um, I, I've had a lot going on in my life personally. I've had family visiting for these exact same six weeks. So it was so e it would have been so easy to just say, no, I guess I'll just put this off. I'll take a class another time. But I stuck it out and I've experienced a huge shift in my understanding of not only how technology can and should be used in a classroom setting, but the why the why technology should be used and how it can actually help fulfill our mission to be a school that promotes social justice and that provides an equitable education for all students. So this is all based on the assumption that students have equal access to the internet. I realize that it's one thing to like, you know, have these lofty goals for how this can help, but if they don't have access, you can't even achieve these. So while equity can be ensured in school, remote schooling has definitely made inequities in rural areas like ours very pronounced. So I'm seeing this lack of access as a different problem and not what I'm speaking about in terms of what I've learned and ideal instruction going forward today. So the next question was, um, what do you understand now, now that I've taken this course? And I, I was able to kind of distill my learning and I've learned a lot of skills and concepts, but if I was going to summarize it, I kind of came up with three mind shifts that have occurred for me in the short period of time. So the first mind shift is that um, the idea that just because the world has prioritized the written word doesn't mean that we're failing students if other modes work better for them. The overall goal is communication. And there are many ways to communicate now and into the future. These other modes might feel easier and maybe more fun. And so I think it's easy to discount them on first glance. But upon reading the research, they're no less complex. They definitely demonstrate, if anything, they, they often, I think, are more complex than the written word and can um, offer a lot more opportunities for expression and understanding. Uh, my second mind shift was um, that when we think about how we incorporate, te incorporate technology, we need to make sure we're always coming at it by first defining the learning goals and then letting the tools and the technology follow. They're tools. They enhance the learning. They help you get it done. They help you access it. But they're not the objective. And now there might be some mini lessons, you know, that help us learn how these tools work and that might be the objective on a given day but the overarching objective is not to master the technology but to use that technology as a tool so when I think of software and applications as art supplies this is where my mind can better understand how they're best used in a classroom setting so I was a high school English teacher when I started my career in education. And I used to give, I, I felt like I was being really open. I would give these my students open-ended projects and I would encourage them to demonstrate their learning in whatever, you know, creative and artistic way they came up with. So I would suggest posters, paintings, sculptures, models, collages. Um, I did have some kids submit videos even back then. Um, 
But now I imagine that the list could include all of those same things, but it could also include a video trailer, a podcast, a PowerPoint, a little world they build in Minecraft. I don't know, whatever they have access to and whatever they think would work. I think the point is that they're coming in with, you know, access to modalities that I've probably never heard of. And as long as we have a conversation about how their creative idea would demonstrate their learning, that's the point. And they, they're welcome to do that. Um, and then my third mind shift was <clears throat> around screen time in general. Um, I guess I realized that I, I think I've always thought of screen time as something that's so fun and separate <laughs> that it can sort of serve as a reward um, both at home and in the classroom. And I've never given it credit for being part of the process. So the mind shift is this. Screen time at home and in the classroom doesn't have to be a fun and easy reward for finishing the more important but less exciting work of the day. There are many different ways to use a screen, and some of them are even more rich, more useful, and more engaging than the slower, more analog counterparts that they're replacing. So the best thing that I can do to become more comfortable with what my kids or my students are, you know, talking about all the time, obsessing over bringing into the class that, you know, in the past kind of felt inappropriate, might be for me to get in there and check them out for myself. Because the times when I have done this, I have shifted perspective through my new understanding. And for example, it turns out that what my 13-year-old is wanting to do online is really just a more multimodal version of what I was doing at his age. The behaviors and the motivators are no different. The tools are what's different. And I think I'm shifting my perspective to see these tools as just the newest version of something that's always been true. People want to communicate. People want to be understood. People want to share ideas. And that's what these are all trying to do, right? So the final question that I want to address is where will new literacies, multimodality, transmediation, and multiliteracies play a role in my classroom and my life? I'm no longer teaching in the classroom, um, but I am running a school. <laughs> and the timing of this class, while it's been so difficult in many ways, was exactly what I needed to, to be learning exactly when I needed it. We are in the process of reinventing our curriculum and instruction to meet the needs of this really unique and challenging year. And while I think we've always used multimodality, transmediation, and multiliteracies, we've been really slow and resistant to incorporating new literacies. And I think, um, you know, this might partly be because, I mean, I'm the youngest teacher in our school, and I'm about 40, so... Um, Everyone else is 10 to 20 years older than me. And I think that, you know, all these new literacies have come at us so quickly in these past 10, 15, 20 years that it's really easy to feel overwhelmed and to tune out and uh, to feel like you just can't possibly keep up. So focus on what you know 
and and stick with it. But I, I appreciate that this class really forced me to play with some of these modalities that I'd been curious about but had never tried before. Um, for example, I'd always been curious about these movie trailers. I've seen friends. I, I, I used to do professional photography, and I would see people make these videos of these beautiful images, and I could see how powerful and moving it was to watch a video of a beautiful, you know, like a wedding, for example, set on top of music, and, you know, it really helps to tell this beautiful story, Um, but I'd never taken the time to figure it out, and same with podcasts. I always thought that was a really interesting idea, but they're just, I didn't even know where to begin, so I think that this forcing me to begin has has really piqued my curiosity. I have a much better sense of what's out there, even though, you know, six weeks is a very limited amount of time. And I felt like it was like, bam, 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 bam. We were working very quickly to get a lot done. Um, I feel like I'm now more open-minded about incorporating new technology, encouraging students to come to the table with their own ideas. And I'm, I'm definitely intrigued and want to learn more myself. Um, So thanks to this class, I feel like I have a solid understanding of what project-based learning can look like for the students I serve. We serve pre-kindergarten through eighth grade when physical contact and proximity are no longer available. There's a ton to still figure out, but I've been reading all of the course texts and completing all the assignments with a critical eye, and I'm constantly asking myself, how can we use these at Peachtown moving forward. I've been sharing articles and ideas with our teachers who have not had the benefit of a course like this and who felt really stuck and unable to see a way forward. And I, between myself and our director of curriculum instruction, who also has a background in literacy with, with newer literacies incorporated, we're able to show them that there is a path forward that holds on to the values they've always had We're still going to try to reach students in the same ways and achieve the same goals. It's just going to look different, and here are some tools to help. So my goal after this course ends, uh, and I'm talking like this afternoon we'll get started tomorrow, is to work closely with our primary classroom teacher and our director of curriculum instruction to build out two full units of instruction that really capitalize on what I've learned. We have no time to waste because we're planning to start a hybrid model in September. We've got like a, an in-person option and a parallel online option, which made us realize that really the online is having to drive everybody, all of the instruction. So we're pushing ourselves to get these units finished by August 15th so that we can then turn our focus to all the other challenges that are going to come up. Um, it would be really nice to have our curriculum kind of locked down. And I I realize public schools teach in this way all the time. This is not the way we typically teach. We try to be very responsive to our students in live time. So we'll have topics fleshed out, but we don't normally have every lesson planned and on paper. And teaching online is requiring us to have every lesson planned and online and accessible to all students right from the start. So I'm really looking forward to taking some of the things I've learned paired with some other things that I've been learning on the side, like about building text sets and hyperdocs and working through Google Classroom and using different, you know, Padlet and Flipgrid um, to build out some project-based lessons that allow kids to bring in the literacies that they've you know, have had access to and success with. So 
and teaching them a few new ones. That's all to say that I'm really grateful for this class. Um, I feel like it was the perfect mix of theory and application, and it's given me a lot to wonder about further, but it's also given me, more importantly, I think, some much-needed clarity when it comes to how it's possible to convert best practices and project-based learning to learning through project-based lessons in a digital age. Um, I really can't thank you enough for providing us with these opportunities. I have enjoyed every bit of it, and I'm really looking forward to putting it into practice. So that's, that's my reflection. And I'm going to sign off.